Hi everyone, welcome back to Astrology and You. I'm Alice. And I'm Maxine. We are so excited for today's episode. We're getting into transit cycles and the outer planets. So Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. Yes, so when you're getting a reading and an astrologer is kind of telling you what's to come in your life or what's happening right now, they're looking at a transit chart. Um, So hopefully this episode will help you to better understand how to understand transit charts on your own time and understand kind of what phase of life you're in. Yeah, and it kind of also helps you to look to see like where are you being asked to grow and to change and to evolve. So if you're going through a tough time, it's really helpful looking at this knowing like even if it seems confusing now or difficult, it will end. Yeah, I love that. Transits are so helpful. Like, I just, I love knowing, like, if you're going through a depressing month, like, next month's going to be better. Or next year will be better. Mm-hmm. But also, next week will be our last episode of season one. Yes, we are going to take the month off of the podcast just so that way we can work on some fun ideas for you guys. We will still be keeping up with Patreon though. So if you are already signed up or if you miss us, you can hop on over there for our monthly episode and a live workshop. And we'll still be having our Libra full moon workshop coming up this month. Yeah, um, it's actually really funny. The birth chart of our podcast has a Taurus rising. So Aries season is a 12th house transit for our podcast. So it makes total sense that we're kind of taking a break, going inwards, reflecting on what our next steps need to be with season two coming up. Yeah, we we actually on the last episode we were recording, someone asked that for the Q&A about business transit charts and such. And we realized like this we didn't even know this before that we weren't like looking at our business chart we just knew we wanted to take a break yeah it's crazy like actually lined (laughs) up with the birth chart we made for our business so there's so much truth to that when you launch something um but yeah let's get into the transits for this week um so we're looking at the week of march 14th um i would say the first major thing happening this week is mercury is going to finally go into pisces on the 15th um mercury's been in aquarius for a while i said i feel like since the middle of january because it was retrograde there so this is like kind of a completely new energy related to topics surrounding communication how you think um with it with the planet of communication, Mercury going into Pisces, I feel like the next few weeks will be a lot about more creative thinking and also letting your emotions guide your decision making. Um, you may have like a bigger imagination than usual. Um, downsides to Mercury and Pisces, though, may be like hard to focus on really detailed tasks or find yourself daydreaming, your mind wandering off, or kind of building up this huge fantasy in your head of what a situation might be when really you need to focus on the facts in order to not get like anxious or build up something that isn't completely true. Mm, yeah, and I think coming out of the new moon in Pisces, having that energy already, if you're listening to this podcast on Sunday, you're still feeling it really big. So this is a time again for like starting those changes and initiating them. So going along with Pisces, just making sure like maybe there's some creative element to it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also I feel like Mercury going into Pisces is really good for giving advice to other people and just being there to listen and also opening up about mm-hmm. your own stuff too, like your own emotions. Yeah. I love that. Alice. Yeah. 
Um, and then the sun moves into Aries on the 20th. So that'll be this Saturday. This is such an urge for it's actually the start of the astrological new year. So it's a huge urge for being courageous. And so you might be feeling greater confidence at this time or kind of wanting to work on that. So maybe taking more risks and being more independent, taking charge of situations. And maybe like if you've been thinking about something and putting it off for a while, like now you're like, okay, I'm going for it. I'm going to do this or I'm going to say what I mean to this person, speak up for myself. Um, it's really like embodying that Aries warrior energy. So I, I love Aries season. Um, and it's really also allows you to seek out things that are new and fun and different. And if you feel like you've been kind of like stuck in a rut or doing the same routine after the winter, um, this like fiery sun will just help you to shake things up. Yeah, it's, it's always like, I guess, the first kind of warm days when everyone's excited to get out and get around and meeting people. Um, I always feel way more optimistic once Aries season rolls around. But I feel Me like that might well. that might have to do because it's in my ninth house. So, but yeah. <laughs> I feel like in general, though, yeah, Aries season's a lot better. Mm, agreed. And But the shadow side of this is that sometimes with Aries season, you kind of feel like, okay, like, you're going too fast or being overly impulsive, even pushing yourself too hard. So just reminding yourself during this to also channel this Aries energy in the most positive of ways. So what we talked about before and just being mindful that you are not communicating overly aggressively or being impatient with others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so let's get into the topic for this week, um, which is transits and outer planet transits specifically, like Maxine said earlier. Um, So first, we kind of want to go into like, what is a transit chart? What does that even mean when you hear astrology people talk about that? Mm -hmm. Um, So in astrology, you have your birth chart, and that is the chart that's made the second you're born. That never changes. So a transit chart is not the same as a birth chart. Yeah, so we do get this question a lot and some people get confused by thinking, oh, your transit chart is a totally like it changes your birth chart and it doesn't change it. The transits are just the real time movement of the planets and then you can put those overlap them on your birth chart and you can actually see how these transits are affecting you and like activating those birth chart potentials that you have because there's so much to your birth chart that you're not going to constantly be working on everything so the transits show you what is being triggered what are you working on now yeah and so it explains why like certain years are harder on some signs than they are on others so for instance there's a lot going on between taurus and aquarius this year with uranus and taurus and saturn and jupiter and aquarius so the signs in 2021 going through the most change and growth are going to be the fixed signs taurus aquarius leo scorpio whereas last year there was so much concentrated in capricorn um, so it was really Cancer, Capricorn, Aries, Libra that was getting the hardest transits and like the hardest lessons in learning how to improve themselves and come into like more of who they are. Um, so the stress is off those and more on fixed this year. Exactly. And Alice and I empathize now so much more too with all of those signs because we're both fixed sign energy. So we're feeling it so big this year. (laughs) I didn't believe like, I was like, how could life be that hard? Like, come on, you guys. And now I'm like, oh my God, 
It's real. <laughs> Saturn in a sign affecting your sun is like so crazy. So much inner tension is felt. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so we'll get into all of that and what each specific outer planet means. Mm-hmm. So just to clarify again, like you have your birth chart and that always stays the same. Like the energy is never changing and it's always accessible within you. And then these transits come along and when they aspect your natal birth chart planets, then you're going to feel a trigger, almost like a switch turns on and you're like, oh, okay, like this is the part of your life that you're working on that is lit up. So it's really important that if you want to understand the transits, like we're going to get into that in this episode, but first you really need to understand your birth chart because how you're going to relate to the transits that we're speaking about, it really all goes back to your birth chart. And like that transit will show up for you in the way, like how you experience that transit will be shown in how you experience that planet in your birth chart and like how you've evolved in that area of your life. So it'll look different for everyone. Yeah, like some signs and some birth chart configurations are probably going to be more open to like a Uranus transit where there's a lot of change going on where others just aren't and are going to be more stubborn and resistant. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, the planets all move at different speeds throughout the zodiac. So the moon is only going to spend two to two and a half days in one sign, taking about 28 days to go through every single sign so that one I guess is more important to watch for just like how you feel on any given day um the sun goes through every sign um for one sign for each month of the year so again that one's not huge and not super telling for like how your year is gonna go it's more just like okay what are the themes for this month um yeah I feel like planets like and same, same, I guess, with Mercury and Venus, those really don't tend to like put anything into major action. Mars, on the other hand, does, but um, I feel like it kind of needs to be connected to an outer planet as well. But Mars tends to put a lot of energy and focus into one area of your chart. And it spends about two, two months, I would say sit between six to eight weeks in one sign of your chart um, when it's yeah. not retrograde. And I think this is important too, like just to note, like when we talk about the transits that are going on at the beginning of each podcast episode, like that is being said in a more general way because it's going to be affecting everyone based on the sign that it's in. So for example, like Mars moving into Gemini, we talked about like, what does it mean that Mars is in Gemini for everyone generally? But when you overlay that on your birth chart, that tells you so much more about how it's going to affect you more personally. Yeah, so like the when we talked about the general meeting of Mars moving into Gemini until the end of April, it was like, okay, big emphasis on communication, meeting new people, picking up new skills and interests. But what area of life is that directed towards? Like if you're if that's taking place in your 10th house, then it's going to be related to picking up new skills at work and being super busy with your career. Whereas if that's in like the seventh or fifth house, it could be that like you're learning how to bring in communication skills in dating and with a partner. Um, So that's where you really need to figure out where the transit is taking place in your chart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that's why we actually like get into that on like our Patreon episode. So if you are curious about that, like check that out. Today, we're going to focus mainly on the outer planet transits because those are really the ones um, that cause the most change and like self-transformation and growth to come into your life. So we're going to focus on Jupiter, Saturn, 
Neptune, Uranus, and Pluto. Yeah, and I think the reason why as well, like just to think like, well, why does it matter for the outer planets? They take so long to go through a single sign compared to the other ones Alice mentioned that it really is, it's like, um, it's something that affects you and it stays there for so long that you are forced to really get out of this autopilot mode and be like, okay, like take a look at your life and you really have to integrate that planet because it's going to be a pressure that's on you until you do confront it. Mm -hmm. And because some of the planets we're talking about, like Pluto or Neptune, they're going to be in um, signs and houses of your chart in the transit for over a decade so <laughs> you're not going to feel that at all time sometimes that the energy of that transit is just going to be lying dormant until a more quickly moving planet like mars or the sun comes along and contacts it and then you're going to feel it more yes exactly like kind of activating it again so you might kind of feel like the pressure might let up for a little bit and then it comes back so um and these transits honestly you might find that if you look it up and see what transits you have you might be like oh i'm not sure like if this aligns yet or how it's ha- showing up in my life but it really takes looking at the outer planet transits like looking back on them like years uh, years later you'll see like so clearly what you were going through yeah so I feel like a lot of people will freak out about like an upcoming Saturn Saturn transit or Uranus transit when it's like okay just go back to the last time you had a big Saturn or Uranus contact to a planet or through maybe a similar house it doesn't need to be so scary like just look at what themes kind of were going on at that time yeah um so I feel like we wanted to start with Jupiter and Saturn because when we're asked what's happening, like what's the vibe of this year for me, Jupiter and Saturn are the key planets to look at in their transits through your chart to understand really like what the theme of a year is going to be for you. Um, totally agree. Yeah. So I think we want to kick it off with Jupiter because that's the most quickly moving of the outer planets. Um, Jupiter spins about a year in each sign and it has a 12-year cycle so it'll take 12 years to make its way around your entire chart going through every single um house of your chart yeah so jupiter is such like it's a beautiful planet honestly to have go into one of like go into a house or a sign for you because it really asks you to it's a positive thing like jupiter is the planet of expansion and optimism and it really is a teacher that teaches you lessons of how can you expand in this area of your life and kind of build up self-confidence personal growth and really have greater faith in just life in general like it kind of helps you to overcome your limits in whatever sign and house it's placed in Yeah, and if you've been encountering um, difficulty in that area of your life, a Jupiter transit can come along and help improve it. So like, Mm -hmm. let's say you've been having relationship stress and relationship tension, and then Jupiter enters your seventh house and transits through there for a year, then there's going to be improvements to the relationship, either like you and your partner talk your problems out and sort things out that way, or you break up and you're freed from a restricting relationship situation. So I mean, not always is it like, rainbows and butterflies like engagement marriage that kind of thing it could sometimes be like you're just literally freed up from something that was hard 
I really like that brings up such a good point because Jupiter is like a very benevolent planet. Like it's typically thought that way, but it honestly, sometimes the lessons as we experience them in the moment aren't so happy feeling. And it's only when, again, you look back on it that you're like, oh, I see the lesson. Like Jupiter really puts a magnifying glass on that area of your life. And so if things are going good, like it'll help you. And then if things are going bad, it really asks you like with so much urgency to like, do something about it yeah I feel like Jupiter causes like a restlessness where it's like if you're unhappy with something it gives this huge desire to want to improve it um so if you're unhappy with work and it goes through a workhouse you're finally like I I have to quit my job like I have to find a better opportunity and a better career that aligns with who I am it's like causing you to like expand and like you want to keep growing and if there's a situation that is preventing you from growing then that Jupiter transit will come in and like force you to be like okay time's up yeah I have a personal example that fits in perfectly with what you just said Alice so I actually um had Jupiter in my sixth house um, not too long ago and that was my sixth house of work but also I have my natal Jupiter there so what that means is it's a Jupiter return Um, Jupiter returned to the place it was when I was born and whenever that happens it's just like honestly I feel like it's experienced like so much bigger would you add anything to that Alice yeah Jupiter returns so that happens every 12 years of your life. So 12, 24, 36, 48, and so on. If you look back at those years, see what happened. And if that was a particularly fortunate year, or there were just opportunities that came more easily to you. That was personally the year when I finished. So Jupiter is in my third house in my birth chart. So that um, Jupiter return involved third house traits of like communication, um, I don't know, meeting new people, thinking very optimistically, and also travel. And I finished my graduate degree in journalism. So that's very much third house um, at that time. I moved back from, I moved from London to New York, and I got my first job working as a fashion assistant at Vogue. So it was like a very lucky opportunity, like right place, right time. And I feel like that Mm. happens a lot with a Jupiter return. Yes, I love that. And it's very like forward thinking. And I feel like a lot of the times like you experience this similarly, but it's like it almost gives you like that extra like push, like that nudge from the universe of being like, okay, like go ahead, like do this. It's something it's not like it brings like, oh, I want to do this new things. It's almost like something that you felt an urge to do for a long time. And when Jupiter, especially when it returns to its natal position, it's like gives you that boost of energy to be like, okay, like pursue this you know and also optimism like I was like I didn't even like really think about how hard that might be to move from London to New York and like not have that many friends I didn't have an apartment lined up I didn't really have that many job interviews lined up so I was just moving with like a few like I don't know kind of like not that much in savings and I was just sure that things were going to work out as they should and I really do feel like that was Jupiter giving me like just optimism Yes. And like faith in the unknown, faith in the universe, it makes things that maybe would make it feel scary if like a different transit were there feel like just exciting and like full of possibilities. Um, Yeah. And so when I had or do you want to say something else? I was just going to say, yeah. So in terms of looking at 2021, because Jupiter is an Aquarius for most of the year, it's really key to look at 
where the house with Aquarius in your chart, because that's where all these kind of like more fortunate opportunities or um, desire to have growth will come in this year for you. Mm, I love that. Um, But yeah, so when I had my Jupiter return, it was a huge year for me. That is literally when I got into astrology, like really, really a deep dive because Jupiter expands any area of your life that it falls in. And honestly, when it conjuncted my natal Jupiter, that is when I got into astrology. Um, And I it's like in the house of my sixth house of Scorpio. So that already like wants you to go within and like see more depth in your life and more spirituality as well. So it was something. I just put like two and two together. Oh my God, Maxine, like your Jupiter (laughs) return set off a new 12 year cycle. Cause at the conjunction, it's a new 12 year cycle related to work. And now that we're at the Jupiter square, so four signs in, it's at Aquarius, it's square to your natal Jupiter. You have turned that astrology you learned in 2018 into your career. So you're, you're seeing results at the first square. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. I haven't like fully put that all together. That's so cool, Alice. That's Um, so crazy. Yeah, and Jupiter also kind of shows you where you have a gift. So it's cool being in the sixth house, which is like serving other people. And specifically in Scorpio, you do better to use that gift of like the healing professions, like something having to do with working with people and helping them. Yeah, I was also going to note like for people who are interested in like timing of figuring out like when they're going to enter into a relationship or something, I feel like that's often... Jupiter making a contact or transiting over natal Venus or natal moon or an angle too yeah so I feel like Jupiter is very key in forming like happy like positive relationships at first Mm -hmm. yeah mine was when I got um got together with Nick that was when Jupiter was going over my natal IC actually interesting I'm trying to think the last time I was in a serious relationship, Jupiter was on my Leo rising. So again, an an angle. (laughs) And also that was both for us. That was in Leo for me as well. Yeah, that was a big year. So I feel like if if anyone's listening, that's like a fixed sign. I feel like that also had to do with like the fact Mm -hmm. that you're a Taurus, I'm an Aquarius and Jupiter was in Leo. So it fell into that category. Um, If any other fixed signs listening got into a relationship in... 2014 late 2014 or early first half of 2015 it was Jupiter (laughs) it was Jupiter that's why (laughs) yeah um okay let's move on to Saturn I feel like that covers Jupiter Um, yeah so Saturn we talked about extensively in past episodes so if you this sparks curiosity and you haven't listened to that yet head over there but Saturn is basically this planet kind of like the teacher of like hard lessons whereas Jupiter is very like fluffy generally Saturn's like kind of teaches you harder lessons and so it has a 29 year cycle so it spends about two and a half years in each sign and it really points to like okay what is not working what isn't going well what needs to be reworked so how can you kind of step up and level up in this area, taking greater ownership of this area of your life and this aspect of yourself? Yeah, and because um, the entire time Saturn is transiting through one house of the chart, it'll go through 
I think a couple or possibly even three retrograde cycles. And so there's opportunities where it's like you're met with that initial difficulty. And then when Saturn retrogrades in that house or across that specific planet, you're better learning how to incorporate the Saturnian energy into your life. Like how can I step it up and how can I fix this? And then the final hit or when it, when it goes direct, um, you're learning how to have better structure in that specific area of your life and to take on more responsibility. Mm, yeah. And I also wanted to add to like, um, it's not always a negative thing. Like obviously in the long, long range, when you're thinking about it afterward, you can see how you learned lessons. But I mean, like even during the transit, it also can point to like, you know, if you get into a relationship during this time when Saturn's in the seventh house, for example, like you might find that the relationship has like kind of a more of a responsibility to it where you feel like, oh, I'm really like want this to last. Like the longevity of the relationship might just kind of flow more easily. Yeah, Saturn transits are by no means like 100% negative. I looked back at like several people I admire because of their career and stuff. I've looked at their charts and seen what was going on like when they really blew up or like became known and Saturn was always involved. It was always like Saturn was in the sign of their sun or it was aspecting their sun. So in a square or in opposition to it. Mm, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It really like shows up for other people too like when you're working on those lessons like other people can see it so clearly and it can attract recognition when you're willing to like step it up so that makes total sense yeah I would also just say with Saturn when it goes into a new house or sign in your chart there's just like a pressure to want to do things differently there Um, Mm, yeah so like looking to see if you have Saturn in the first degrees like a lot of people do right now with Saturn having entered Aquarius like you might still be feeling like a lot of pressure and a lot of like what is happening like I don't know how to handle some area of my life but it's going to get so much easier the further into that sign it gets because you're learning lessons you're learning coping skills for that area of your life yeah like Maxine with it because we both have you're an early Taurus I'm an early Aquarius (laughs) I feel like both of us are just like kind of overwhelmed with work right now and we're really figuring out how to strategize and like what do we need to commit to and what isn't worth our time absolutely yes (laughs) yeah um okay so let's move on to the other outer planets so uranus neptune and pluto will go to next yeah so uranus is one of my favorites um it spins around it spins around seven to eight years in a sign so it's been in taurus um it first started in taurus in the spring of 2018, but then it fully ingressed into Taurus the spring of 2019. Um, And it'll be there until 2026. So this is a longer transit of that planet in one sign. Um, Uranus transits to a house or when it aspects a natal planet in your chart tend to bring change and disruption. I feel like change is just like the key word with Uranus. And it's sometimes hard in readings to know exactly what's going to happen with a Uranus transit because like someone could perceive the change as bad or someone could perceive it as good and like wanted it just is like it Uranus tends to be like kind of unpredictable wouldn't you say so unpredictable yeah it's literally the planet of erratic change so it's like it doesn't want to be predictable like it's so it is really difficult it's kind of like when you see this as a transit just knowing to kind of be prepared for some type of disruption but 
specifically what that means. It's really asking you to be more open to all possibilities. Yeah. So I guess if you're looking at your chart and you locate the house where Taurus is, that's where Uranus is transiting still for a few more years. And that is an area of your life where you're being asked to like experiment, take risks, be open to new experiences and get out of like any rut you felt like you've been in. So the second it switched from my ninth house in Aries to my 10th in Taurus, I was like, I need to change my career. Mm -hmm. Like I am not happy here. I I, I want to do something different. And I quit my job pretty suddenly, I would say, like after only a few months of plotting that out. And I now work for myself. So it's total upheaval and change in the career sector for me, which is tied into that 10th house Uranus transit. Whereas Maxine, I think it's been in your 12th, right? Yeah, so it's been in my 12th house. And I have to say it, honestly, in the 12th house, I didn't know what to expect because the 12th house is such a mystery of like sometimes not the best of changes but with Uranus there it's just totally shaken up like all of my limiting beliefs everything that I really like wanting to keep myself hidden because I have so many planets in the 12th house including my son and Uranus there is just like nope like you don't get to hide anymore like (laughs) like sorry like I know you're comfortable there but you need to express yourself with more freedom and and really not care what other people think as much like or even if you do just like get over it (laughs) you know like so it's like such an clear transit for me it's been crazy yeah I guess you've had that very concentrated like Taurus sun Uranus and Taurus on your um exactly yeah whereas like I have had Uranus squaring my sun for the past couple years so it's similar I just feel like maybe not as intense um but that has brought like a lot of change into my life in addition to career um just like how I think about myself like my total I don't I would say my core personality is the same, but like my general interests and like how I think about myself and confidence has really like completely evolved. And it makes me think of this one time I asked my friend who's like intuitive. um, She does like Akashic Records readings. I was like, why haven't I been in a relationship in so long? And she's like, because you've been changing so much, you haven't stood still enough long enough to like attract a partner who would mirror you because there's your identity has just been evolving so quickly. And I feel like that's so much that Uranus square my son. Oh, I love that. That's beautiful. Yeah, I feel like it totally, I, it's so strange because I feel like Uranus transits also speed up time. Like I read that somewhere where it said like, this is a time where time seems to pass more quickly. You're taking more risks and it's really meant to be a time where you're like freeing yourself from all those blocks of like tradition, habit, all of those mm-hmm, things. Mm-hmm. So it's cool to see when, Uranus slows down for you like what will enter your life you know yeah I kind of can't imagine but yeah I feel like with again going back to just Uranus transits in general like seeking independence more in the area of your life um so if you have Uranus going through like a workhouse seeking independence with work and your job and wanting to make changes there whereas in a relationship oriented house like the 11th seeking changes with who you're friends with, wanting to associate with new types of people and have greater freedom maybe in social settings. And then also in the seventh house, um, changes with partnerships. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited for when Uranus goes to my first house too, because like Taurus Risings, if you're listening to this, like Uranus is in your first house and it is like literally just 
taking away everything that feels like you've outgrown this part of yourself, like who you are, the first house, and asking you to be like, okay, what do you want going forward? Like, who are you really? How can you show up as that person every day? That's re- that's going to be crazy. I can't wait to see what happens to you. I know. I'm so excited. And I, so, um, Taurus is in my 12th house, but yeah, when it goes, when Uranus finally moves over to Gemini, I'm excited for that. Um, I'll get a lot of shakeups with that one. Mutable signs will get the Uranus shakeups starting in 2026. Yeah, but I feel like mutable is like more comfortable with change. Like I look forward to that, you know, so I feel like that's telling of my personality. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting to note because like fixed signs like Taurus has such an issue with change. (laughs) Maybe not you so much because you have that Gemini rising, but like Taurus in general is like the opposite of what Uranus represents. I would say though, it has really challenged me to see things because I have so much water in my chart and earth, like to gain like a more detached objective, like perspective on myself, like going over my sun. So kind of like seeing myself like even things that I do that I used to just like really be critical of myself when I did a certain thing or repeated a pattern that I thought I'd outgrown and now I'm just like whatever like I just have such like a perspective where it's just like that's fine we're human we're growing like so it really has been I've seen a huge change with that and I think that's totally because of Uranus there that's really interesting I'd say we've we've talked about it to our sons but like if you have like a Taurus or if you have a fixed sign moon or Venus like you're probably seeing shakeups in your personal life so always like Uranus to moon transits are always going to be like a change in home or how you relate to your mom or family relationships are evolving somehow yeah. Oh my gosh, Alice. I also realized when I was preparing for this episode, I was like, when was like the biggest changes in my life? So I looked there to see like what Uranus was doing. And I've never done this before for when I moved to Switzerland. Um, shout out Franklin College. <laughs> but um, But I realized when that happened, Uranus was in Aries and it was transiting my natal, like to the degree. It was so spooky. My natal Mars. Oh, wow. That's crazy. And that's like, so I had wanted to go to Franklin so bad, like go to Switzerland, like explore and like travel. And that just had never been a reality for me until that happened. And that's like when I made the change to go there for college. There had been lunar eclipses and lunar eclipse there when I actually made the decision before. And then Mars is all about taking action. So when Mm -hmm. Uranus comes along, if there's something that you've wanted to do and haven't, like that is when you have to take action. Like you just feel like, okay, this needs to happen now. Wait, that's really interesting. I like looking back at when Uranus was in Aries, which was, I think it started in 2010 and it went until 2018, Mm -hmm. but that's my ninth house. So higher education, foreign travel, literally fall of 2020, 2010. I like traveled abroad for the first time since I was like six years old. Right. So I had no really memory of going to another country and I spent my senior year living in Italy like immersed in a completely different culture and then I also transferred colleges higher education university three times and then went (laughs) to grad school as well and all 
like so three out of like five of those school changes were abroad so I feel like that was so representative of like changes taking place with like how I see the world how I interact with different cultures and also higher education yeah that is like a perfect synopsis (laughs) it was like crazy how much I transferred (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah so if you are listening and you're like whoa like wait when was Uranus transiting my chart if you literally just think back to like what were the major changes in your life I'm sure Uranus was like conjunct square opposing sextile like somehow in there mm-hmm. I totally agree um okay enough about Uranus <laughs> do Neptune yes okay Neptune so Neptune is Honestly, next to Uranus, I think Neptune's even more difficult to predict. It's like so elusive. Like it's literally the planet that is super foggy and unclear. So in transit chart readings, it's it definitely creates change and we'll get into the specifics. But again, like Uranus, it's similar in that it's kind of like slippery to like grasp on to what exact change it's going to bring about. Would you agree, Alice? Yeah, I feel like Neptune causes a lot of confusion Mm -hmm. like that's like the main thing I know that's not that positive but like it's the fact (laughs) yes (laughs) agreed um so Neptune actually stays in each sign about 14 years so you can see like we started with Jupiter one year Saturn two and a half and like now we're at Neptune like 14 years in each sign so this has been in Pisces since 2012 and it'll stay there until 2026 and um So it kind of like, and actually it's in its home sign. Like, I think that's worthy like to note to you guys. Um, So it's actually at a very like powerful energy, let's say. But Neptune in itself, like those transits always is a time of confusion, like Alice, you said, and it removes kind of illusions to reveal the truth. So even though you feel confused, like with these transits, it's for a deeper purpose of helping you to kind of get clear on, okay, what are my ideals? What are my dreams? Like sometimes asking more of you, like if you have been going on cruise control and it's like, okay, wait, like you need to dream bigger, you know, and this is going to help you actualize that. I feel like with Neptune transits, especially because it's been so long in one house it's really more important I guess or more noticeable when it aspects a certain planet that you might have in that house um or in another sign kind of at a square in opposition um there's often like a discontent with that area of your life like dissatisfaction like I'm not happy here anymore but you're very like confused what to do next um I just remember when Neptune went over my Pisces moon in 2016 and 2017 This was when I was in grad school for fashion journalism. I got that first job as a fashion assistant. But during those two years, I was really losing interest in having fashion as a long-term career. And I was like, I was kept trying to like push ahead. Like I should be happy. Like this is what I really wanted. Why am I not happy? And I kept trying to make it work. And really, I didn't figure out what I wanted to do until Neptune had moved away. That is such a good example yeah, and it's it's weird, too, because Alex and I actually have the same degree, her moon, and then my Saturn. So the example I was going to give was the same time period. Um, that was when I graduated college, and I was unsure of what I wanted to do next, but, like, I always had known. But then all of a sudden, like, I was already enrolled in a master's degree, but I was kind of, like, iffy about it. Like, I was just kind of doubting myself. Like, I think Neptune really brings up a lot of doubt 
like self-doubt or doubt in what you were going to do and so it's always just like a really a really big period of uncertainty I think Maxi, we were talking about this um, whenever we get clients with like a Pisces midheaven at about like 18, 19 degrees of Pisces, because that's currently like what Neptune's basically coming off of right now. I think it's at 20 Pisces. Um, they always are like, I'm so confused with what to do next with my career. And I'm like, well, Neptune's been on your midheaven line like the past two <laughs> years. Like I see you not finding any answers at all. Like I totally get that. But yeah. guess what? It's about to be better luck as it moves off of your midheaven. All the time. Like I, that honestly, that transit, Neptune over your midheaven is experienced as just such a confusion in your career and you may have even been a person I get people who are like I've known what I wanted to do my whole life and like all of a sudden now it's like not what I want like what's happening um it's really one where like I don't want to say just wait it out it's really a time of like you can work on your goals if you're like refining them trying to make them more aligned with your ideals but it really has to be like or even bringing in a spiritual component and it, but it also is a time of like brainstorming, like of inspiration, of kind of like giving yourself more space to dream of like what is it you really want and removing self-defeating patterns to get you there. Yeah, I would say a word I associate with like a Neptune transit a lot is like dissolve, like dissolving like yes. who you were, like what you held important to you and coming up with a new identity. Um, I feel like that happened like once that final hit of Neptune to my moon it was like I opened myself up to like an astrology practice and I've never been spiritual ever in my life so that Neptune to my moon really activated that oh my gosh Alice this is why the timing is so similar for us why we found astrology literally at the same time we're like it affected that degree yeah that's crazy and and also oh tell me I was just gonna say another like example I had of Neptune in my chart um I got a lot of Neptune when I was a little kid because I was born with Neptune and Capricorn right and (laughs) I have so much Aquarius in my chart like Aquarius sun Mercury descendant line and when it went over my son like my parents got divorced and I was like very confused about like what my life was at that point like I wasn't happy I wasn't seeing my dad um yeah so it can be hard when you experience those I guess as a as a child oh my gosh Alice sorry that just makes so much sense that it was your son that went that Neptune went over as well because that represents the father yeah exactly and then I think I was like 12 12 or 13 when it got to my descendant line um and that was actually crazy looking back like I went from being like a straight A student um in like and like very paid attention in school like did my best to literally like losing motivation to do homework like overnight like I became like a B C student like people were kind of like what happened and it was literally Neptune like I don't I don't really know what it did like it just (laughs) it made me just like confused about like what was important to me an existential crisis at 12 (laughs) yeah it was crazy how it affects you even that young And that was definitely that Neptune effect. I also feel like um, when you're older, it can tend to want to make you check out of life. Like I see this a lot when people are like drinking heavily or turning to drugs to feel comfortable. Like, um, but like in a kind of like a way that's Mm -hmm. like too much. Like when Neptune was with my 
over my moon I was like getting blackout drunk like all the time like not Mm -hmm. school like grad school this is so bad but that was like not a priority when it should have been and it was it was all about like kind of like drinking and doing that yeah that's so interesting because Neptune also talks about it can tell you about addictions that you know or things that you might even like anything that you kind of want to numb like I think another keyword for Neptune is numbing like wanting to take the edge off with you know alcohol or even just like spacing out doing something that's just kind of like anything that puts you in that autopilot kind of mode I think like that's a very Neptunian transit Mm -hmm. you know health issues are really common with Neptune transits too when people get illness or when they're just sick yeah Um, I don't think I've, ex- I don't, I haven't experienced that, um, personally, but I've Knock seen that wood. a lot. Yeah. I, it'll come around eventually in my, I think the next time is like my forties. I definitely have a bad Neptune transit then. Um, but <laughs> yeah, when someone gets sick and has to deal with that, Neptune is usually squaring or conjunct or opposite a natal planet in the chart. Um, particularly like the sun or moon. And that's usually like a type of something that's kind of like hard even to diagnose or something too. So, mm, so yeah. that's a really good, that's a really good point. Like confusion over what even is the root of the problem. Mm-hmm. The kind of the last thing I wanted to say about Neptune was just that there may also be a tendency to like lose yourself in someone else, especially when Venus or the moon are involved in a mm-hmm. Neptune transit. So, um, giving and giving and giving to other people and maybe not protecting your boundaries and knowing when to draw a line and stop. Oh, I love that. And then also one thing I wanted to add too is like Neptune is honestly like the spiritual planet. Like for me, I really see a lot of transits happening with Neptune, like to your sun or Neptune on an angle or something. That's kind of when you are learning, like kind of waking up to realizing there is more to life than like just being a human like it's kind of learning it awakens your spirituality or kind of a just a trust in the universe or the timing of things yeah it really causes you to just trust because there's I feel like a lot falls away in your life Mm. and you can't really depend on like the same like structure you once had yeah absolutely it's like yeah you have to just open your mind up more and like allow something even better than you can imagine to come into your life for example Mm-hmm. let's let's move on to pluto our last one <laughs> mm-hmm. okay so pluto is the planet of like deep change and transformation and it has a really irregular cycle so when you're looking at planet the planet pluto it's obviously the furthest away from us and it takes anywhere from like 12 to 35 years in each sign. So on average, like, I don't know, around like 21 years in each sign, it stays there. So again, what we talked about with the outer planets needing to be kind of like triggered by other slower or faster moving planets applies here. Yeah. And the same thing, like a Pluto transit will really stand out when it aspects a natal planet. Um, so maybe it could be like in one house for 30 years, but you maybe not, you don't feel it as intensely in that house until it gets to maybe a planet you have in that particular house. Mm-hmm. Or if it aspects a planet, like squares something in another house. So Pluto actually brings to the surface whatever is needed to be, whatever needs to be eliminated. And so it kind of 
like almost shines a spotlight on whatever has been repressed, whatever you've been trying to like kind of hide or like kind of sweep under the rug, like old behaviors, old patterns of thought, like those are brought up at these Pluto transits to kind of allow you to really assess like how you can get rid of that and kind of it's almost like a part of you like dies or there's some destruction of like the old to make room for that new growth in a positive way. Yeah, Pluto transits are definitely associated with loss and it's usually like a sometimes like Maxine said like literal or figurative loss so like a loss of who you used to be in order to come into a new version of yourself like a rebirth or it could be like someone really important to you dies and I do see that a lot with Pluto. Um this is kind of personal but like my sister died in a, when she had a really prominent Pluto transit in her chart. She's a Capricorn rising Cancer sun and when Pluto got to Capricorn, her rising and opposed her sun in Cancer, she died. So Aww. It can be it can be really hard like that. There's no way around. Like I'm not gonna pretend like a Pluto transit can, can like always have a positive. I guess. Yeah, that's such a good point. Yeah, um, but yeah, definitely. I feel like it triggers like the there's often like a crisis with a Pluto transit in order for you to transform and realize how you need to transform and like let go. Mm, yeah, and it. I really like that, Alice. Um, Oh my gosh, I don't even know how to respond. <laughs> <laughs> I guess have you had have you had a Pluto transit in your chart? I've had one that I can like remember. Yes. Um, yeah, I have. You go first. Pluto. Okay, so I have Mars and Cancer. Oh my god. Oh my god, I just put two and two together. Mars is the ruler of my fourth house um, of Scorpio. And when Pluto opposed oh Mars. Pluto came to 11 degrees of Capricorn in 2013 and opposed Mars, my Mars in Cancer at 11 degrees. And that was when my sister died. It was related to family. Um, But also I remember that time there being a lot of power struggles and control issues with me and my family. And I just like couldn't be around them at that time. Mm, Yeah, because Pluto also is about control. Like that is another huge keyword for Pluto. Yeah, and just like that total transformation of family life because of that big loss that took place mm, that's so interesting okay so mine is not as deep at all coming <laughs> off of that. um but it's yeah so when I had Pluto in the eighth house at 10 degrees that was 2014 and so much change came into my life and I was thinking like what happened around then but it was exactly sextile my natal Saturn and my na- natal Jupiter so it was like at the midpoint between the two planets and that was when I literally had like I felt like a spiritual awakening like I felt like I woke up to so much of like how I was trying to control everyone else everything else outside of myself and I wasn't like fully like looking at my own shadows and really like a doing a deep dive during that time I like got into yoga I like I began reading spiritual books which I never even like considered reading before um there was just so many different realizations around that time and there was Mm -hmm. so much destruction of the old me Mm -hmm. yeah and I also think if you have just like going to the natal chart if you have any planets that are come into an aspect 
with Pluto. Maybe if you haven't experienced a major Pluto transit, because it takes so long to get through one sign. Yeah. Um, just looking at your birth chart to see how Pluto manifests there. Like we've talked about this in another episode, but I have Maxine and I <laughs> both have Venus connected to Pluto in our birth charts. So always like major transformation going on in relationships and like um really I feel like that's kind of the point of like the most where I'm always like letting go of one aspect of myself to come into another version of myself is through relationships with people Mm, yeah I so identify with that too and I actually think it's interesting because instead of like trying to fix things Pluto really can tend to show you like where you have a tendency to want to like start over from scratch you know and so it's like learning to really like go beyond that to like bring transformation within relationships and not like the other way around where it's just like okay this is you know moving on from this yeah so Pluto has been in Capricorn since 2008 so really Capricorn Cancer Aries and Libra in recent years that you can probably remember if you're around our age um since high school really going through a lot of identity transformation and maybe learning how to let go or maybe there's been loss in your life. Again, because Pluto moves so slow, it usually only covers like three or four degrees in a year. Um, It's really important to know what degree you have of those planets. So like 24 to 26 degrees of Capricorn, Cancer, Aries, or Libra right now are getting hit the most with that Pluto transit. Um, it's finally going to move into Aquarius in 2023. So Maxine, <laughs> we're going to get that. Um, Not like it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting when it gets to the degree of our sun. Um, I think that's around 2026 for me. I do yeah. feel like that'll tie into like me having a child because I feel like that <laughs> will really change how I think about myself and like really change my identity. Yeah. I mean, I'm I the only the thing that I am looking forward for that those transits is that it, I feel like the positive side is it brings a lot of self empowerment, self mastery, like purging those repressive fears and like connecting with unseen forces of life and like spirituality. And especially like if we're talking about just the sun, like tapping into um, parts of your identity you've kept repressed, like you mm-hmm. said, like getting it out into the open like if you haven't been a super confident person all your life maybe that Pluto transit will come along and make you very assertive and confident or if you're already like that maybe it's just like finding completely new interests and like transforming what you're doing with your life oh my gosh Alice like yeah I so agree Pluto transits are just like honestly it's like someone turned a switch on or off like it's so drastic so I think even more so than any of the other ones maybe it's just like a rebirth entirely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited, but a little scared, to be honest. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I feel like that wraps up Pluto in our talk on the outer planets. Yeah, so let's move on to the Q&A. We have two questions. Number one, what's the easiest way to find out what the current transits are, like a specific website you would recommend that is user-friendly? I think mine and I think yours now too is astro-seek.com like that one is the best for transits because you can like keep clicking you can choose like to move ahead or move backwards in increments of like a day a month a year nine years 27 years 50 years so you can go and you can see how the planets like keep moving throughout the chart and you don't have to keep entering in like specific dates you can just like 
kind of see how it plays out. It is so addicting to just like look ahead. I remember I spent like one Saturday and we like called. I was like, Alice, I have to tell you what's happening in like 2050. (laughs) Oh my God, that was so funny. And then I'll get on the phone with my parents and be like, I'll go through like literally every year for the past like 25, 30 years. I'm like, what happened in 1983? What happened in 1985? What happened in 1987? And just like, it's so fun. You just keep cooking. Yeah. So I would definitely recommend that too. And it's honestly, I could recommend other, like there are programs you can get and stuff, but who doesn't love a free, wonderful resource? So definitely recommend yeah, that. Yeah, and just to find the transit chart, they'll, once you pull up your birth chart, I guess you always have to start there on astro-seek.com there's a on if you look to the right side of the screen it should give a list of different charts you can look at next so just Mm -hmm. hit transit chart and the transits are shown on the outer circle of the birth chart okay question number two what's more significant for love juno or the seventh house i would say seventh house I don't put, I don't put too much. I don't really like play with the asteroids that much in mm-hmm. my readings. I just think seventh house is so much like what you value in a partner and like what you're really drawn to in someone. Yeah. Like from personal experience, I think the seventh house, like you can't not consider that, but Juno, I, I see it as basically it represents for you commitment and marriage so what is something what are qualities you're looking for in a long-term partner like my Juno is in Libra Nick is a Libra rising so for me that's like a no-brainer where it's like wow that and then I've seen that be very accurate but at the same time the seventh house is also super accurate as well like mine is Sagittarius and like he is much more culturally aware and like he's Spanish and you know so it, it like they both are very important Yeah, I feel like the important, I would look at the seventh house first, but I do feel like Juno does add like a necessary layer of like just understanding further what you want in a relationship. Yeah, like agreed. Thinking about, yeah, like thinking about mine, it's like I have Juno and Cancer and I do, I am very drawn to Cancer type men who are like more sensitive and nurturing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it might be interesting to look at if you are one of those people who is like, how come I keep being drawn to these guys who don't have like certain qualities that I'm attracted to after like a couple months in because like you might be drawn to one thing but Juno really puts into focus like what do you need in a long-term partner if you need more clues in that area yeah I love that okay so that is it for this episode thank you so much for listening yeah, thank you guys. And like we said, next week is going to be our final episode of season one. So join us on Patreon if you want to keep up with everything we're doing. Yes, and we will definitely be back for a comeback for season two in the near future. So um, stay tuned for that as well. Yeah. And in the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram. I'm at Stock Alice. And I'm Maxine Luthia. Yeah, and thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye.